Section 6 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 7, by Giorgio Vasari, translation by Gaston de C. de Vere. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Bacchio Bandinelli Life of Bacchio Bandinelli, Sculptor of Florence Part 1 in the days when the arts of design flourished in florence by the favor and assistance of the elder lorenzo de medici the magnificent there lived in the city a goldsmith named michelagnolo de viviano of gaiol who worked excellently well at chasing and in cavo for enamels and niello and was very skilful in every sort of work in gold and silver plate this Michelagnolo had a great knowledge of jewels, and set them very well, and on account of his talents and his versatility, all the foreign masters of his art used to have recourse to him, and he gave them hospitality as well as to the young men of the city, insomuch that his workshop was held to be as it was the first in Florence. Of him the magnificent Lorenzo and all the house of Medici availed themselves, and for the tourney that Giuliano, the brother of that magnificent Lorenzo, held on the Piazza di San Croce, he executed with subtle craftsmanship all the ornaments of helmets, crests, and devices. Wherefore he acquired a great name and much intimacy with the sons of the magnificent Lorenzo, to whom his work was ever afterwards very dear, and no less useful to him their acquaintance and friendship, by reason of which, and also by the many works that he executed throughout the whole city and dominion, he became a man of substance as well as one of much repute in his art. To this Michelagnolo, the Medici, on their departure from Florence in the year 1494, entrusted much plate in silver and gold, which was all kept in safe hiding by him, and faithfully preserved until their return, when he was much extolled by them for his fidelity, and afterwards recompensed with rewards. In the year 1487 there was born to Michelagnolo a son, whom he called Bartolomeo, but afterwards, according to the Florentine custom, he was called by everyone Bacchio. Michelagnolo, desiring to leave his son heir to his art and connection, took him into his own workshop in company with other young men who were learning to draw, for that was the custom in those times and no one was held to be a good goldsmith who was not a good draughtsman and able to work well in relief bacchio then in his first years gave his attention to design according to the teaching of his father being assisted no less to make proficience by the competition of the other lads among whom he chose as his particular companion one called piloto who afterwards became an able goldsmith and with him he often went about the churches drawing the works of the good painters but also mingling work in relief with his drawing and counterfeiting in wax certain sculptures of donato and verrocchio besides executing some works in clay in the round while still a boy in age bacchio frequented at times the workshop of girolamo del boudin a commonplace painter on the piazza di san pulinari 
There, at one time during the winter, a great quantity of snow had fallen, which had been thrown afterwards by the people into a heap in that piazza. And Girolamo, turning to Bacchio, said to him jestingly, Bacchio, if this snow were marble, could we not carve a fine giant out of it, such as a marforio lying down? We could so, answered Bacchio, and I suggest that we should act as if it were marble. And immediately, throwing off his cloak, he set his hands to the snow, and, assisted by other boys, taking away the snow where there was too much, and adding some in other places, he made a rough figure of Marforio lying down, eight brachia in length. Whereupon the painter and all the others stood marvelling, not so much at what he had done as at the spirit with which he had set his hand to a work so vast, and he so young and so small. Bacchio, indeed, having more love for sculpture than for goldsmith's work, gave many proofs of this, and when he went to Pinzirimonte, a villa bought by his father, he would often plant himself before the naked laborers and draw them with great eagerness, and he did the same with the cattle on the farm. At this time he continued for many days to go in the morning to Prato, which was near the villa, where he stayed the whole day drawing in the chapel of the Pieve from the work of Fra Filippo Lippi, and he did not cease until he had drawn it all, imitating the draperies of that master who did them very well. And already he handled with great skill the style and the pen, and also chalk both red and black, which last is a soft stone that comes from the mountains of France, and with it, when cut to a point, drawings can be executed with great delicacy." These things making clear to Michelagnolo the mind and inclination of his son, he also changed his intention, like the boy himself, and being likewise advised by his friends, placed him under the care of Giovanni Francesco Rosticci, one of the best sculptors in the city, whose workshop was still constantly frequented by Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo, seeing the drawings of Bacchio, and being pleased with them, exhorted him to persevere, and to take to working in relief, and he recommended strongly to him the works of Donato, saying also that he should execute something in marble, such as a head or a low relief. Bacchio, encouraged by the comforting advice of Leonardo, set himself to copy in marble an antique head of a woman, of which he had shaped a model from one that is in the house of the Medici. This, for his first work, he executed passing well, and it was held very dear by Andrea Carnesecchi, who received it as a present from Bacchio's father, and placed it in his house in the Via Larga, over that door in the centre of the court, which leads into the garden. Now, Bacchio continuing to make other models of figures in clay in the round, his father, wishing not to fail in his duty towards the praiseworthy zeal of his son, sent for some blocks of marble from Carrara, and caused to be built for him, at the end of his house at Pinti, a room with lights arranged for working, which looked out upon the Via Fiasolana. 
whereupon he set himself to block out various figures in those marbles and one among others he carried well on from a piece of marble of two brachia and a half which was a hercules that is holding the dead Cassos beneath him between his legs these sketches were left in the same place in memory of him at this time was thrown open to view the cartoon of michelagnolo buonarti full of nude figures which michelagnolo had executed at the commission of piero sadarini for the great council chamber and as has been related in another place all the craftsmen flocked together to draw it on account of its excellence among these came bacchio and no long time passed before he outstripped them all for the reason that he understood nudes and outlined shaded and finished them better than any of the other draughtsmen among whom were jacopo sansovino andrea del sarto il rosso who was then very young and alfonso berugetta the spaniard together with many other famous craftsmen Bacchio frequented the place more than any of the others, and had a counterfeit key, and it happened that Piero Sardarini, having been deposed from the government about this time in the year 1512, and the house of Medici having been restored to power, during the confusion caused in the palace by the change of government, Bacchio entered in secret all by himself and tore the cartoon into many pieces of which not knowing the reason some said that bacchio had torn it up in order to have some pieces of the cartoon in his possession for his own convenience some declared that he wished to deprive the other young men of that advantage so that they might not be able to profit by it and make themselves a name in art others said that he was moved to do this by his affection for leonardo da vinci from whom michelagnolo's cartoon had taken much of his reputation and others again perhaps interpreting his action better attributed it to the hatred which he felt against michelagnolo and afterwards demonstrated as long as he lived the loss of the cartoon was no light one for the city, and very heavy the blame that was rightly laid upon Bacchio by everyone, as an envious and malicious person. Bacchio then executed some pieces of cartoon with lead-white and charcoal, among which was a very beautiful one of a nude Cleopatra, which he presented to the goldsmith Piloto having already acquired a name as a great draughtsman he was desirous of learning to paint in colours having a firm belief that he would not only equal buonarti but even greatly surpass him in both fields of art now he had executed a cartoon of aleda in which castor and pollux were issuing from the egg of the swan embraced by her and he wished to colour it in oils, in such a way as to make it appear that the methods of handling the colours and mixing them together in order to make the various tints, with the lights and shades, had not been taught to him by others, but that he had found them by himself, and after pondering how he could do this, he thought of the following expedient. He besought Andrea del Sarto, who was much his friend, that he should paint a portrait of him in oils, flattering himself that he would thereby gain two advantages in accordance with his purpose. 
one was that he would see the method of mixing the colors and the other was that the painted picture would remain in his hands which having seen it executed and understanding it would assist him and serve him as a pattern but andrea perceived bacchio's intention as he made his request and was angry at his want of confidence and astuteness for he would have been willing to show him what he desired if bacchio had asked him as a friend wherefore without making any sign that he had found him out and refraining from mixing the colours into tints he placed every sort of colour on his palette and mingled them together with the brush and taking some now from one and now from another with great dexterity of hand counterfeited in this way the vivid colouring of bacchio's face the latter both through the artfulness of andrea and because he had to sit still where he was if he wished to be painted was never able to see or learn anything that he wished and it was a fine notion of andrea's thus at the same time to punish the deceitfulness of his friend and to display with this method of painting like a well-practised master even greater ability and experience in art for all this however bacchio did not abandon his determination in which he was assisted by the painter rosso whom he afterwards asked more openly for the help that he desired having thus learned the methods of colouring he painted a picture in oils of the holy fathers delivered from the limbo of hell by the saviour and also a larger picture of noah drunk with wine and revealing his nakedness in the presence of his sons he tried his hand at painting on the wall on fresh plaster and executed on the walls of his house heads arms legs and torsi coloured in various ways but perceiving that this involved him in greater difficulties than he had expected through the drying of the plaster he returned to his former study of working in relief he made a figure of marble three braccia in height of a young mercury with a flute in his hand with which he took great pains and it was extolled and held to be a rare work and afterwards in the year fifteen thirty it was bought by giovan battista della pala and sent to france to king francis who held it in great estimation bacchio devoted himself with great study and solicitude to examining and reproducing the most minute details of anatomy persevering in this for many months and even years and certainly one can praise highly in this man his desire for honour and excellence in art and for working well therein spurred by which desire and by the most fiery ardour with which rather than with aptitude or dexterity in art he had been endowed by nature from his earliest years bacchio spared himself no fatigue never relaxed his efforts for a moment was always intent either on preparing for work or on working always occupied and never to be found idle thinking that by continual work he would surpass all others who had ever practised his art and promising this result to himself as the reward of his incessant study and endless labour 
Continuing, therefore, his zealous study, he not only produced a great number of sheets drawn in various ways with his own hand, but also contrived to get Agostino Viniziano, the engraver of Prince, to engrave for him a nude Cleopatra and a larger plate filled with various anatomical studies, in order to see whether this would be successful, and the latter plate brought him great praise. He then set himself to make in wax, in full relief, a figure one brachio and a half in height, of St. Jerome in penitence, lean beyond belief, which showed on the bones the muscles all withered, a great part of the nerves, and the skin dry and wrinkled. And with such diligence was this work executed by him, that all the craftsmen, and particularly Leonardo da Vinci, pronounced the opinion that there had never been seen a better thing of its kind, nor one wrought with greater art. This figure Bacchio carried to Cardinal Giovanni de' Medici, and to his brother the magnificent Giuliano, and by its means he made himself known to them as the son of the goldsmith Miguel Agnolo, and they, besides praising the work, showed him many other favors. This was in the year 1512, when they had returned to their house and their government. At this same time there were being executed in the office of works of Santa Maria del Fiore certain apostles of marble, which were to be set up within the marble tabernacles in those very places in that church where there are the apostles painted by the painter Lorenzo de Bicci. At the instance of the magnificent Giuliano, there was allotted to Bacchio a St. Peter, four brachia and a half in height, which, after a long time, he brought to completion. And although it has not the highest perfection of sculpture, nevertheless good design may be seen in it. This apostle remained in the office of works from the year 1513 down to 1565, in which year Duke Cosimo, in honor of the marriage of Queen Joanna of Austria, his daughter-in-law, was pleased to have the interior of Santa Maria del Fiore whitewashed, which church had never been touched from the time of its erection down to that day and to have four apostles set up in their places, among which was the St. Peter mentioned above. End of section 6. Bacchio Bandanelli, part 1.